and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. Sometimes people that are standing on third base think they hit a triple. Yeah. We're going in time. We're going out time. Inside and outside them. And we get them on the run run. We're going to keep them on the run. And we're not going to pass unless our secondary comes up too close. But don't forget, man, we're going to get them on the run. We're going to go, 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 go. And we aren't going to stop until we go to our goal line. I'm not going to. So quit asking. Hello, folks, and welcome back in to the Spread the Field podcast. I, of course, am your host, Jack Gray. Uh, and what a week week 10 was for us, not only overall, but uh, on the week itself. Um, but before we get to week 10 and uh, even further week 11 matchups, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at BetsBald, uh, where I track all my plays, both the spread the field plays and other plays that are not college football related. Uh, of course, uh, I'm hooked up on the action app as well, where you can see my plays in real time and everything is being tracked at BetStamp as well. So once again, week 10, uh, it was an underwhelming card, but overall successful for us. Let's, uh, quickly recap it. <clears throat> uh, week 10 saw us go four and two. Uh, we, it was a very under heavy card, as we said, uh, I want to say we had, yeah, we only had one side on the day. So five unders and one side, uh, our first game of the day before noon, uh, we had air force taken on army, the over under there set at 40. Uh, we took the under and Academy football comes through once again. Uh, I watched a good chunk of this game. Uh, it's, it's not so much, you know, we talk about Academy football, as as in you know, I, I'm fascinated by the triple option. It's the fact that because there's so much less passing, it's not so much the triple option, but because there's so much less passing and pass attempts, there's less stoppages, and it's just amazing to kind of watch the the clock tick away. You know, e- even on on a simple you know on a simple drive of you know six seven plays, and all of a sudden there's four minutes off the clock because it's just constantly running. So that game was our first win on the day. Uh, the next game we went to was Kentucky versus Missouri. The Missouri, Missouri, uh, Mizzou. Uh, total there set at forty and a half. We like the under there. Um, both teams are defensively inclined and offensively challenged. Uh, flipped over to this a little bit in between watching a lot of that uh, Air Force Army game. And UK, I mean, they, they really stifled Mizzou's offense. They built up a little bit of lead. They got a couple turnovers. Uh, one really weird play at the end. Uh, actually, two weird plays at the end. Um, Mizzou stops Kentucky deep in their own territory. And it looks like they're going to get the ball back to go back down and score. At this point, I am, I am sweating this one. Kentucky takes a punt. It goes past the punter. Punter runs back to pick it up, kicks it. As he's kicked, he gets hit. This is on fourth down with, I think, a little over a minute left in the game or a few minutes left in the game. Roughing the kicker. Kentucky keeps the ball, drives down a little bit more, runs off some more time. Now, here's where it gets even hairier. I can't remember exactly when, but in the end of the game. No, the very end of the game. Yeah, I want to say the last play of the game. Uh, or maybe the Missouri's last play of the game, I should say, throws an interception. The game is over at this point. The game is effectively over. The Kentucky player starts running it back 
towards the end zone. And this was razor thin. I want to say it was 21-17. Razor thin here for us to cover. Uh, thankfully, he either got tackled or finally went down. And uh, we ultimately cover uh, the under here. Uh, next, we went to the fun belt. Uh, Marshall taking on Old Dominion. Uh, the total is set here at 46.5. We like the under again. Uh, and this, I mean, Marshall plays defense. And ODU is struggling. And we told you that. 12 nothing, No sweat here. Uh, so we start off the day red hot. 3-0. and 3-0 and in our early and afternoon games. And that brought us into some night action. Clemson versus Notre Dame. Did not play a side. And, and I don't regret that at all. It was it was an amazing game, and obviously being a Notre Dame fan, uh, it, it, there's only so many things you can ask for, and, and that was a, about as great a game as I think I've witnessed uh, Notre Dame play in, in maybe the last 10 years. Uh, not, I mean, it, it didn't have some of the gravitas, maybe, but just an overall, here comes a team not expected to do anything and, and really just, just take Clemson to task. Now, in taking Clemson to task, um, we, we, the total here was set at 44. We liked the under and honestly, I thought we were going to get it. I thought we were going to get it. We had 14, nothing at half. We had, I want to say 21, nothing at the end of the third. Uh, and Notre Dame was in complete control here, complete control. Then things start to get a little screwy. Clemson all of a sudden puts together one of their better drives of the, I, I say that in air quotes, better drives of the, of the game, uh, aided by three penalties. Uh, I want to say two pass interference and a defensive holding. I, I don't know. It felt like it was all in the secondary. Three penalties gets them down in the red zone looking like they're going to score. And at this point, we're midway through the third quarter. So if, if they get back in it, our, our total's surely dead. So with the aid of three penalties, they then throw a pick, and Notre Dame gets the ball back. Notre Dame then drives down the field and goes up. Tw- uh, oh no, sorry. Notre Dame drives for a little bit, punts it back. Uh, at this point, I want to say Clemson drives down the field again, and DJ throws a pick again. He had two picks in this game, yeah. Uh, anyways, Benjamin Morrison runs it all the way back for Notre Dame, uh, giving Notre Dame four touchdowns, 28 nothing. Uh, Clemson then puts together a decent drive. They come down, scores 28-7, okay, 28-7. We're into the fourth quarter. Notre Dame puts together a masterful drive, a masterful clock-killing drive. They're going to go down, and they're going to run this thing basically down to, I want to say probably inside two minutes. Um, depending on the on the pace that they were going, all of a sudden they ran. They had ten. I want to say it was an eight or ten play drive. All runs. They're just dominating Clemson physically up front, twenty eight to seven. And all of a sudden, up from up top, they call a uh, this little. They've run. I want to say eight straight runs, and they they run this little play where Michael Mayer just kind of leaks out. Uh, and, and once again, Clemson's selling out for the run because Notre Dame's just, just draining clock. He leaks out, easy pitch and catch, uh, sets, uh, sets another tight end touchdown record at Notre Dame. He's one of the greatest of all time. Takes the score 35-7. to seven. Dabo comes out, 
And that spiteful motherfucker decides, all right, we're going to go down. I think there was probably less than four minutes left at this point. We're going to go down and score. And they drive the field. Notre Dame's really, you know, keeping everything in front of them, keeping everything in front of them. And they go and score with less than two minutes left in the game to kill, kill not only our total, but uh, this game opened at, I want to say, 47. Uh, so anybody else who even got the early number uh, as it lands on 49, Clemson scores one more time. Long way to tell you that that was our first loss of the day, but what an amazing game. And Dabo Sweeney's a spiteful motherfucker. Uh, two, two late Mountain West games. Uh, we had Hawaii, our only side of the day, um, catching 27. And Hawaii had looked... Hawaii. I, I mean, the, competence, not the word. Better's not the word. It's, it's, I, I flipped this on a little bit. It was on like FS2 or something. Uh, and Fresno State just, just really turned it around. Uh, they got their quarterback back, Jake Hayner. Uh, they, they've looked much, much better the last few weeks, and they, they just took Hawaii to task here. Uh, this game was never close. Uh, they, they had covered by halftime and didn't relinquish one bit. Uh, the other Mountain West game, our favorite, the uh, San Jose State Spartans, uh, taking on Colorado State, two struggling uh, offenses, but San Jose State with the better defense. Uh, total set here at 45. We like the under, um, I want to say it looked dicey for a little bit. I, I was not flipping a lot over to that. Uh, cause obviously, uh, was finishing up Clemson, our name and I was falling asleep on the couch. Uh, but San Jose state kept Colorado state at bay. Uh, this one cash force as well. So four and two in week 10, four and two in week 10. This brings the spread the fields overall record on the season as we head into week 11. 35, 31, and 1. So our record's still positive. We are finally in the black in the money as well as we are up 0.85 units. And once again, the last the last three weeks, I don't know how long this is going to last. The last three weeks, we have gone 15 and 7 here on Spread the Field. So very exciting. Um very, I mean, we're just rolling along. You know, this is mostly for entertainment, but we're, we're rolling along. We're having fun with it. Uh, so without further ado, let's head into week 11. And I'll be honest with you, folks. it's It's been a busy week at work. Uh, I'm traveling. I'm going to go see Papa Joe in person this weekend. We're going to a wedding, uh, which throws in my my Saturday college football plans into, into whack. Um, so we're shooting from the hip a little bit this week. We're shooting from the hip. Uh, we've got... What seven plays on the card here? Um, so let's let's go ahead and let's run through them. Back on the card for the first time in three weeks, we've got James Madison, the Dukes. They are laying seven and a half on the road at Old Dominion. This is a nooner, uh, another mini battle for the state of Virginia. There's a lot more college football teams in Virginia than I ever knew, and, and you know a lot of them have jumped from the FCS level. But wow. Uh, once again, James Madison lane seven and a half, uh, during, during their, they've, they've lost three straight against the spread after starting off five and zero against the, against the number they've lost three straight. Uh, you know, so I think this is a good place for them to get back on track. We, we saw old dominion has struggled here of late. They struggled last week, uh, against Marshall. Uh, 
And this is really going to be a battle of James Madison's rush offense versus Old Dominion's rush defense. James Madison, a little more balanced, but definitely likes to establish the run. And Old Dominion is very poor against the run on the season. Um, so like I said, I think this is a good spot for James Madison to get back on track, uh, running the ball against a porous defense uh, that the Monarchs have. Uh, they also have their quarterback back. Uh, he played last week, but they could not get anything going against Louisville. Louisville's looked a little resurgent here as well. And obviously a step up in class, I think, for James Madison. Um, but getting him back in the swing of things, I like the Dukes laying 7.5 on the road here. Next at 2 p.m., we've got Rice taking on Western Kentucky in Bowling Green. The total here set at 60.5. And we like the over. Uh, Rice, 8-1 and one to the over this year. One of the best over teams on the season. Um, both of these offenses are averaging more than 30 points per game. Uh, I want to say Rice is around 33-ish, 32. Western Kentucky's mid-30s. Uh, last year in this game, Western Kentucky won in Houston uh, 42-21. So 63 points there. Uh, Western Kentucky has been, you know, a kind of a high flying offense for a few years. They like to pass the ball a lot. Uh, Rice has not, I mean, they've, they've lost a number of games, but they're, they're not afraid to score points themselves. So we like the over here. Uh, you know, does it go way over? Probably not, but I, if 16 and a half just felt a little low. Our third play of the day, let's go. We're staying in the Sun Belt here. Uh, or sorry, going, yeah, well, yeah, James Madison, the Sun Belt. Going back to the Sun Belt here, uh, Arkansas State at home, laying 17.5 against UMass. Uh, UMass stinks on ice. That that could be the entire analysis. I actually flipped over when they played BC. Uh, or no, but not BC. They play, God, they played UConn last week. Uh, and it's just, uh, they're barely a football team. They are. They're averaging 12 points a game on offense. Uh, Arkansas State, 6-3 and three to the number this year. Um, they, they've not been favored in a ton of games. The, the two games they have been favored in this year, uh, they are they, they won and covered both those games. So uh, I believe Butch Jones is their coach. Uh, looking to really kind of turn around. Like I said, they're struggling all the season, but they are covering. So we like them to cover. Uh, we like them to cover well here. UMass, like I said, just an absolutely terrible team. At 3.30, our fourth play on the card this week, uh, we go back to a team we watched last week, Army taking on Troy. Uh, the total here set at 46. This game, uh, yeah, I... You hate, you know, as I just talked about, you hate to say, well, academy football. Army's actually been involved in a lot of high totals this year. Um, they've actually attempted to pass a little bit. Uh, so it's, it, and, and their defense is not very good. And that's where I think this all kind of comes into a head. Even though Army is 5-3 and three to the over on the year, you look at kind of what, what happened last week against Air Force and kind of how you beat this team. And it's ball control. And Troy is very good and very competitive in the Sun Belt. Might win the Sun Belt because they're very good at that ball control. And Troy is 6-3 and three to the under on the year. They have a very good defense. And they're have a very they, they they're a slower, possessive offense. And efficient. 
So that's why we're going to go ahead and take the under here, under 46. We think Troy uh, plays a little bit bulk, a little bit of ball control, and Army, who is still foundationally a run team, like I was telling you, even on a even on a five play drive that goes 24 yards and doesn't net any points, is going to run two or three minutes off the clock. So under 46 uh, in this one. Also at 3.30, we've got a CUSA matchup. Not a lot of those we've had this year. Uh, North Texas taking on UAB. North Texas is getting six here, and I didn't understand the line. I don't still fully understand the line, but there's one nugget here um, that maybe explains the line a little bit. Uh, North Texas getting six. We're going to take those six. Uh, North Texas 7-3 and three against the number here in 2022. Uh, UAB only three and six against the number. Uh, it, it's it's a battle between North Texas's offense between and UAB's defense. Uh, North Texas has a little bit more of an explosive offense. UAB, uh, known for their defense the last few years, has been very very tough in that CUSA conference. Um, but UAB has not covered four straight games, whereas North Texas has actually covered their last five games straight. Uh, the, the one stat that I was telling you that, that may explain the line a little bit, because once again, on, on paper, it looks like North Texas should, should I mean, maybe not favored, considering this is a road game, but six, almost a full touchdown. Uh, North Texas has never covered against UAB in their time together in the uh, Conference USA. They have not, or I should say probably since UAB has come back, uh, they, I think that's like last six meetings, uh, they have not covered. So, uh, North Texas looking to break the trend here and, and cover the six. And I, th- I mean, what's, I, I don't think it went out right, but I, I maybe lose by a field goal. I think they're going to put up points. Uh, and UAB is as good as that defense has been, has shown the ability to give up points at times this year. All right. Um, let's go to. A, another CUSA matchup, our sixth play of the day, uh, also here at 3.30. Louisiana Tech taking on UTSA, Texas San Antonio. Uh, the total here set at 68, and we like the over here. Uh, Louisiana Tech 7-1, UTSA 6-3 to the over on the season, uh, respectively averaging 33 and 37 points per game on offense and giving up 38 and 30 points per game on defense. I don't know about you, but if you do a little bit of math there, uh, that suggests that these two teams like to score and have no problem giving it up. Uh, I'm expecting a little bit of a shootout here, um, and we're going to go ahead and smash that over of 68. Our final pick on the card, it's a big one. It's it's actually, it's, it's kind of a big game for the week at on end, you know, there was some talk, uh, you know, I think college game days at that Texas TCU game, uh, nothing there. I really like, I, I want to give TCU credit for what they've done the season and other people don't, uh, Tulane and central Florida Tulane's a great story. They've covered a bunch this year. Uh, obviously been good for gambling purposes, but here's another interesting game. This North Carolina versus wake forest game, seven 30, the total here is set at 77, which is a lot. It's a lot. It's one of the biggest totals on the week. Uh, it's one of the biggest totals you'll see on the year. And the reason why is 
in this matchup between these two teams, these two teams like each other. I shouldn't say like each other. Want to play each other so much that they scheduled a non-conference game against each other. Because of how ACC alignment works, they don't actually play each other every year during weird ACC alignment because they're not in the the coastal and the the Atlantic and the whatever. So a couple years ago, they actually scheduled a non-conference game against each other because they, you know, they're rivals. They like to play each other a lot. Six of the last eight in this matchup have gone to the over. Two, the last two consecutive games, the totals have been over 100. So 55 to 51 and 58 to 54. The offenses this year are averaging 41 and 37 points respectively per game. I think it's another shootout. North Carolina doesn't want to play defense. Wake Forest likes to play fast. I think they're going to get the mojo back here uh, as they've struggled the last couple weeks. I expect points in bunches. Um, So yeah, we're going to take, we're going to take a couple over after an underwhelming card last week, we got some overs this week. So, so certainly keeping it interesting. So in review our seven picks for week 11, Uh, we have James Madison laying seven and a half on the road. We like that. Uh, Rice taking on Western Kentucky. The total there set at 60.5. We're going to take the over. Arkansas State's laying 17.5 at home against UMass. We're going to take that. Army taking on Troy. The total set at 46. We're going to go under there. North Texas getting six on the road at UAB. Uh, Louisiana Tech and Texas San Antonio. Uh, total there set at 68. We like the over there. And North Carolina versus Wake Forest, total set at 77. We like the over there. Uh, cannot have Papa Joe on the pod this week. Uh, I did not have time, unfortunately. Uh, like I said, we're getting ready to go visit him for a relative's wedding. Uh, but I did get his picks for the week. You will you will not be surprised. Papa Joe is busy uh, sifting through all the mail. Uh, he wanted me to let you guys know that, so uh, keep writing into him. Uh, I, I'm going to deliver some mail to him as well. So there you go. Uh, Papa Joe, of course, uh, kind of sticks in the same realm of a handful of teams and matchups. Uh, he likes Ole Miss shocker this week, uh, getting 12 points against Alabama. Alabama, of course, coming off uh, loss to LSU, effectively ending their national championship hopes, probably, and really a, a dynasty. I mean, it's it's kind of incredible. Uh, but Papa Joe says Ole Miss better wear their powder blues uh, if they expect to cover and possibly outright win. A uh, couple other picks uh, that we've seen before. He likes, he waffled a little bit on this, but he likes USC laying 34 and a half on Friday uh, as they take on Colorado. Colorado's a bad team. USC likes to score a bunch of points, and Colorado does not have an offense that I would say is going to take full advantage of the USC defense. Uh, We had some good banter about this. Ohio State and Indiana. Ohio State laying 40 here. Uh, Papa Joe initially talking about maybe taking Ohio State, but I reminded him that Indiana has won six, or has covered, I should say, six straight in Columbus. Uh, so Papa Joe flipped over, and he's going to take Indiana catching 40 points. That's that's a lot. I mean, Indiana's a bad football team, but I don't think Ohio State's very good. I just don't. 
They 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 looked unimpressive against Northwestern last week. They looked unimpressive a couple times this year. They really have. And this whole we're gonna pull the, their best win is you know Notre Dame or Penn State. Well, Notre Dame can't throw the fucking ball, and I don't think Penn State's very good. I I think I've said it before. The Big Ten is a house of cards held up by Ohio State and Michigan, and if one of them falls, I think the whole house falls down. Uh, and we got a fourth pick from Papa Joe this week. He went zero and three last week, so he he he's he's gonna he's gonna throw out another one, a different team, uh, to hopefully maybe improve his record. Uh, Papa Joe likes TCU getting seven against Texas. Uh, he's a big believer in the Horn Frogs. Uh, most of the general public and and experts expect uh, some level of luck running out for TCU. People like Texas. Uh, they think Texas is a much, but you know, maybe the best three loss team out there. So Papa Joe taking TCU plus seven. Uh, and that's it for our college football picks folks. Like I said, it's, uh, it's, it's been fun. It's continuing to be fun. Um, next week in week 12, uh, I will be heading back to South Bend to watch the fighting Irish take on Boston college on senior day. I'll be interested to see what that total opens at. Uh, cause I'll probably look to take the under, um, uh, but this week, yeah, it's, it's a little, uh, I'm going to miss out on a little bit of college football. I think I'll catch the beginning, uh, of the nooners. Um, and like I said, I've got a, a wedding to attend, uh, down in Papa Joe's neck of the woods in Georgia. Uh, so I, I don't know how much I'm going to catch. Hopefully I'll catch some of those night games, uh, catch hopefully a good chunk of that UNC and Wake Forest game. Uh, other than that, you know, we, we've had some sporadic hockey plays here and there. They've been doing okay. So, uh, follow, follow on Twitter, of course, at bets bald or follow on the action app, uh, where I'm tracking all that stuff for you. One other side note, and I saved this for last because it's going to require a level of explanation. So the college football playoff rankings come out this week and, in, in the aftermath of all that, I started to kind of look at, at different odds of people and, and who could do what and who could get where. You know, there's a lot of talk about Tennessee and their loss, but they're probably not going to play the SEC championship in Oregon and Oregon's loss for Georgia or Tennessee's loss for Georgia. Blah, blah, blah. So I started to look at some of the national championship odds. And as you scroll down, you know, you, you've got, you know, obviously you've got your front runners. You've got Ohio State. You've got, you know, Michigan. You've got Georgia. Uh, who's the odds-on favorite. And you get down to some teams who maybe don't have a realistic chance, but but there's there's definitely a path there. Um, and, and one of the teams I identified was UCLA. So UCLA has one loss on the season, and that was to Oregon, uh, a game that was actually, I want to say, fairly close. And the remaining schedule for them is not super difficult. Uh, I want to say their toughest game left is going to be USC. If they win that game, they will then have the opportunity to rematch Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. And depending on how all of that shakes out, they could then have the Pac-12 back in the conversation for a spot in the college football playoff. So UCLA sitting at 12 right now. At eight and one, they're they're behind. Let's see, let's look at who they're behind here. So obviously they're behind Oregon. They're behind LSU. Uh, so LSU, Alabama, Ole Miss is all going to work itself out one way or the other, uh, because likely those three are going to cannibalize, continue to cannibalize each other in some cases, 
and then somebody's going to have to play Georgia. So that that could work out those three ahead of them. Uh, Clemson, I, I, I think it's possible Clemson loses another game, even if they don't. Uh, I don't know how the committee's going to feel about a one-loss Clemson whose best win might be North Carolina. Uh, their schedule hasn't been super impressive. Uh, so I think there's definitely, and, and with Ohio State's going to play Michigan, so TCU could could fall. I think there's a shot that the you know you got to start you got to start in stages here. I think there's a shot the Pac-12 could be in position to get to uh, one of the spots, one of the final four spots. Um, but back to UCLA. So I'm scrolling at the odds, and you know you've got you've got your usual like I said. You've even got you know teams like Tulane thrown in there. Um, which is, I find, certainly interesting. Pull them up right now to confirm. This is just from, I've got Caesars pulled up right now. So Georgia, plus 110. Uh, Ohio State, plus 180. Michigan, uh, plus 850. Tennessee, 16-1. to 1, TCU, 30-1. to 1, Oregon, 30-1. to 1, And on down. So you got Oregon at 30-1. to 1. On the outside looking, as we sit here, with, with a lot of things to work themselves out. Like I said, Ohio State, Michigan is going to work itself out. Uh, the SEC, to an extent, is going to work itself out. So Oregon's got the same odds as TCU at 30-1. to 1. Uh, USC, who, once again, UCLA would have to beat in, in this scenario, at 60-1. to 1. And then USC would obviously have to beat Oregon. UCLA, right now on, this is Caesars, at 150 to 1. I did some shopping around and I actually found them at 200 to 1 on FanDuel. And I went ahead and sprinkled it. And I'm going to tell you why. So uh, UCLA, like I said, their only loss to Oregon uh, that game was 45 to 30 in Autzen Stadium. Um, I believe, I want to say the Pac 12 championship game is going to be in Vegas uh, if they were to get there. So, you know, they've got they've got a road ahead of them. But the, the 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 path forward is simple. Beat USC, and you're likely setting yourself up in the Pac-12 championship where you're going to rematch Oregon. And we've seen it before. We saw it last year with Alabama and Georgia. It is extremely hard, extremely hard, to beat a team twice in one season. Extremely hard. So first hurdle USC, second hurdle Oregon, and then all of a sudden you're talking about UCLA in the college football playoff in this scenario. Now, why is that important? At two hundred to one, yeah, you're 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 holding a ticket um, to to possibly pay out big. You know, it's essentially a lottery ticket. Do I think UCLA can win the college football playoff? Do I think they can beat Georgia? No, not at all, not even for a minute. But what I am betting on is the ability to decrease, increase my value and decrease my risk. And what I mean by that is. Holding on to my my newly minted UCLA 200 to 1 bet, I can now, if they can beat USC, line up a position where maybe I am in a position to start to hedge against them. Now, uh, you know, I, and this is where, if the goal is to make money, you know, how do I go about making money versus, you know, holding on to a lottery ticket to make the most money possible? So, yeah, I could hold on and and try to win, you know, 200 units off one unit. Or I can figure out a way to make sure that I end up with something at the end of the day instead of nothing. 
And that's that's the reasoning that I I, I have identified UCLA uh, at 200 to one here because I think if they can beat USC, all of a sudden I'm I'm holding a ticket to where I can start to hedge one way or the other, uh, possibly as early as the Pac-12 championship game. Probably not, but certainly if they were to win the Pac-12, then in a CFP game. Uh, so that's you know just want to throw that out there. Uh, I th- this is you know this whole idea originated from uh, follow on. Uh, Twitter, I follow Chicken X Dinner, uh, Sam Panjanovic, uh reached out for, for some advice on it, and, and he, he kind of preaches this kind of stuff all the time. Please go follow him. He's he's awesome. A lot of great people on Twitter. Brad Powers is another guy I follow and, and try to grab a lot of information from. Uh, go follow those people because uh, they're, they're out there. They're, doing, they're, they're in the thick of it day in, day out. I'm doing this for fun uh, out of my house here in Indiana. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the little aside here. So we will be tracking, uh, UCLA. They take on USC next Saturday. Uh, that'll be interesting if they can somehow win that game. All of a sudden, uh, our 200 to one ticket is going to look very interesting, uh, with potential down the road, uh, assuming they could beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game down the road, the opportunity to hedge, uh, cash out, swap, do, do something. Uh, and we will leave you with that folks. Uh, once again, thanks for stopping in. Uh, week eleven, like I said, should be another good week. It's been it's been a great great year. It really, I, I I've said it I know a million times, but you know a lot of people talk about this season compared to two thousand seven, which was a absolutely bonkers college football season, and, and I can only hope that it gets there. Um, with with Alabama and Clemson going down last week, it's kind of a a who's next uh, mentality, and that's that's what it felt like. That was the year that. You had number two after number two after number two lose. Um, so who, who, you know, who knows what could happen this week? Uh, you know, obviously I think a lot of people are hedging that uh, TCU, the luck's going to run out. They may fall this week, which could then, you know, further throw things into chaos, further improve the Pac-12's position. Uh, but we'll see how it all shakes out. But once again, thanks for stopping in. Go follow me on Twitter at Bold. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you then.